0: Well, thank you so much tonight, church, for uh, trusting in me enough uh, to have me up here. I don't take it lightly, and I know he says not to say to honor him, but I do. Um, Transitions are not easy, and uh, my family had uh, to go through one. And God brought us here, and one thing I will say is, is that I don't know how many of you are originally from a small church, but when you walk into something like this, it feels like you're at camp meeting every single night because (laughs) for 15 years when only five people are showing up on a Wednesday night, it is a big transition, you know, to step into something like this and never, 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 never take for granted what God has put in front of you and these wonderful men of God that God has placed within our church, and these ladies as well, because you don't get that in a small church. We're trying to count pennies to see who we can pay to bring into the church. And and so, you know, God seriously is doing something great in this church, and, and what you receive here is meat. And I just want to take a moment to thank each and every one of you who have been a vehicle in helping my family transition into this church. Brother Hyatt, I was telling my husband the other day how much I appreciate you for when my husband had to work every night on Sunday and Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights, you would come up here with my boys and lay a hand on him and that on them and that meant everything to me. And there's so many of you that go that I don't have time to go through all of the little things that you've done for my family. But I want to thank you tonight because you are the church and you are the body. And my family would not be where we are if it was not for you. So I thank you and I honor all of you tonight. Um, I come to you tonight with a heavy heart and I'm going to, I'm going to try to put everything into perspective in, in, into a 15-minute block here. But when Bishop was talking about moving from called to chosen, I had felt it upon my heart to start exploring the book of Samuel 1 and Samuel 2 all over again and exploring the book of Kings and digging right into David and, and his battles and things of that sort because I myself have been going through some consistent battles through the past year battles that I never thought I've been living for the Lord for 18 years. And when I decided 18 years ago, when I was 18 that I was going to live for God, I decided from that moment on that I never wanted to be a part of the world again. And I wouldn't want to have anything to do with the world again. And, For the first couple of years, and I say this for the people who are just starting out, keep fighting and keep moving on and keep doing what you're doing because God has a plan for you and you may not see it right now and you may be feeling like you're repenting every Sunday at the altar and trying to get right with God even after you've been filled with the Holy Ghost and after you've been baptized in Jesus' name. Those first couple of years are a struggle, but do not give up. Because it has been 18 years now, and now God has moved me on from the struggles that I had then from wanting to be a part of the world and departing from the world and things of that sort. And now he's taken me into a new realm and into a new battle. Battles that Bishop has talked about that I've never been before. Battles. That had me in my home and my husband knows. Try to keep it together. That I cried and I wailed. Because I could not believe that the enemy had hit my family. And my home. The way it had happened. But God is good. And the moment I turned around and I realized. We ended up. At this time that this battle hit me was in a moment we had just started a ladies' Bible study within the neighborhood, and people were coming and 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 things were happening and and, and miracles were happening and, and people were receiving God's word. And the moment you decide To declare war and uh, and allow yourself to be used by God is the moment that the enemy targets your back. Just like David was targeted. The enemy came up against David. He was anointed. And from that day forward, the Lord was with David. But when praises began to come and victory began to come, the Bible says that Saul eyed him from that day forward and i'm going to start with 2nd samuel 19 and 1 tonight it's impossible to go through all of the battles that david went through in one night so this is the one that spoke to me the most 2nd samuel 19 and 1 and joab was told behold the king is weeping and mourning for absalom So the victory that day was turned into mourning for all the people. For the people heard it said that day, the king is grieved for his son. And the people stole back into the city that day as people who are ashamed steal away when they flee in battle. But the king covered his face. And the king cried out with a loud voice, Oh, my son Absalom, oh, Absalom, my son, my son. This portion of scripture is speaking of King David right after his son Absalom was killed when he went into battle against him. He had no choice to go up against his son Absalom and fight against his own son. He had no choice. Long story short, Absalom had killed one of the other brothers, one of, other, one of David's sons. He fled from the people. He, but then Joab went for the king and tried to reconcile Absalom back to their area and bring him home. Absalom returns. And then something happens. Absalom takes advantage of what was there and that grace that was granted unto him. And he tries to overtake the kingdom right underneath King David, underneath his father. And so David gives specific charge to the people when they go into war. He says, Deal in the previous chapter, deal gently for my sake, with the young men, even with Absalom. And all the people gave charge concerning Absalom. So the battle went forth, and there was a great slaughter. And during that slaughter, there was a man that encountered Absalom. And he ran, and he told Joab, he said, I encountered Absalom. And Joab said, well, why didn't you kill him? And he said, because the king gave me charge not to do so. But Joab had had a history of acting upon impulse and acting upon emotion. See, he was a part of David's fleet for a long time. He had been through many battles with David. He had seen David through many things. He shed Abner's innocent blood. But then he was even there, actually, when Uriah was put on the front lines, if you remember. David communicated with Joab. And Joab knew of David's struggles. And Joab would have done anything to protect the king. So he said, You want me to put Uriah at the front lines? I'm going to do it for you. So even though Joab had a history of acting impulsively, and he did kill another man under innocent blood, and those two were the two. So even though Joab killed. Absalom as well. Eventually, King David had charged his death, and but he only charged him according to the two innocent um deaths, which was not Absalom. It was the two deaths that occurred when there was a time of peace. But my point is is that Joab saw David through all of that, and although David did technically move out of place and disobeyed the king, which he shouldn't have done, but he did. I believe with my heart that Joab thought it to be the best thing to do for the king because the king was emotionally tied to Absalom. It was his son. And At the moment, David could not see clearly because he was so emotionally engulfed in the battle because he was going up against his son. Joab went and he said and slayed Absalom because the kingdom was in threat. So then we come up to this scripture where Joab hears that the king is mourning for his son. He's crying out, Oh, Absalom! Oh, my son! My son, Absalom! So Joab confronts David, some of us are in battles today and we are emotionally tied to the battle because the enemy has chosen because of the anointing that's on our lives and because of what he's chosen to do in our lives, he's chosen to attack what is closest to us. He has chosen to get down into the closest part of our lives that hit us emotionally to where we can't think straight. And then what ends up happening, we cripple ourselves. And we can't fight because of the emotion. We can't fight because we're mourning the loss of physical things that are happening in the physical realm. But Absalom, but Joab, even though Joab was charged to die for shedding blood, innocent blood of the two others, he comes in and he says, And Joab came into the house of the king and said, Thou hast shamed this day the faces of all thy servants which this day have saved thy life and the lives of thy sons and thy daughters and the lives of thy wives and the lives of the concubines. In thou lovest thy enemies and hatest thy friends? For thou hast declared this day that thou regardest neither princes nor servants. For this day I perceive that if Absalom had lived and all we had died this day, then it had pleased thee well. Now, therefore, he says this, he looks at the king and he says, arise, go forth and speak comfortably unto the servants. For I swear by the Lord, if thou go not forth, there will tarry not one with thee this night. And that will be worse unto thee than all the evil that befell thee from until now. He was caught up in the emotional battle. And many of us are in that same place. Some of us walk in here and we're forced to face the people. We're forced to face each other. We put smiles on our face, but the battle is tearing us down emotionally. And I want to tell you tonight, get up. Face the people and keep facing the people. Even the battle, even though the battle has been close to you and has hurt you beyond what anybody can understand, keep fighting because this is what I will close with. First Kings 5. And Solomon sent to Haram saying, Thou knowest how David, my father, could not build a house into the name of the Lord, his God. For the wars which were about him on every side. Unto the Lord put them under the soles of his feet. But now the Lord, my God, hath given me rest on every side. So that there is neither adversary nor evil occurring. Because of the wars that was around David. Almost his whole life. He was able, he was building something in the spirit. He was building, the temple of Solomon was able to be built because of the wars that he fought and the things that he went through. And I just want to encourage you tonight. Fight. Keep going. Do not give up. Because there's going to be a day when our children ask us, according to Deuteronomy chapter 6, why do you do what you do? Why did you fight the way you fight? Why do you do what you do? It's because we are building something in the temple. We are building a temple that people around us may have rest. People are hurting and people need God like never before. And we have to fight so they can have rest. And I'm going to allow my good friend, Sister Neil to come up. But let me tell you this. After the temple was built and the Ark of the Covenant came in, it says in Kings chapter 8, And it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house. Why do we do what we do? We do it because we're declaring something in the Spirit. Leave here tonight and don't give up the fight. Keep fighting. God is with you. He is with you.